benefit of my age. O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might through the, to another generation, your power to all those who come. So today, uh, just an old guy talking to a couple of different generations. By God's amazing grace, I can stand here and tell you that I love Jesus Christ and I love the church of Jesus Christ, especially the local church. And now we're sort of family. Now there's some confusion going on. I'm, I'm not the called associate pastor. Roger Collins is. Uh, but you may know that my daughter Karen and son-in-law uh, Roger and those grandchildren are Collinses. So I figures by a long and providential route, we're family. Okay, maybe not by blood, but by the blood of Christ, we are. We're family. And when you're family together, there's nothing you can do that about that except just love you. So we're learning in this series about Esther and the providence of God and how God's presence may seem to be hidden, but he is always working. And as we gather together today, we are assembled by God's providence this day of October 16th, 2022. There's a text that I sent to a friend uh, this past summer, uh, one whom God has used in a great way in my life. This is what the text said. Uh, good morning. Uh, God work, God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. I know that you heard that last week. In this text, I said, by God's providence, Mr. Schultz invited me to church when I was 15 years old. I became a Christian there, and I met Ruth there. Her family members are Christ followers, and mine are too. Our families are intertwined. Ruth and I have been holding hands for 57 years. And we will continue holding hands when we visit Don and Marge Schultz. We'll visit them this weekend with deep gratitude for them and God's providence. And I included Psalm 104, 24. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your riches. Ended it by saying, enjoy providence. And I told them that I send texts like this to a group of people a few mornings a week and that he was big in the works of providence of the Lord in my life as well. So I said thank you, and I look forward to seeing you. Also this summer, uh, I got to visit with John and Ruth Vandegrift. John Vandegrift is my youth pastor. And by God's providence, after a few years, we were able to get together, meet together. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I got to visit my first pastor, Pastor Ron Mahiri, from Denville, New Jersey. And he's like 86 or 7 now. And it's amazing to see God's hand at work. Not because of anything in us, but because he's the Lord of all. And he will unite us together and bring us together in little local churches dotting the entire globe of people who come to worship Jesus Christ and seek to, to generate or to, to place their lives around 
the person of Jesus Christ and what he has done. So this morning, why are you here? Why in this day, October 16, 2022, are you at CVPC? We're call, all called to a vision to see lives transformed through following Christ. And we're on a mission together to make disciples through worship and fellowship and service. And we have created amongst ourselves these, the, these values of worship and word, compassion and service. So by God's providence, we are here. From 1949 to 2022, I know that's 73 years, uh, CVPC has been around. I was introduced to CVPC more than 15 years ago. Uh, she's changed. CVPC is different. I used to be able to keep up with families and names and when I came here, enjoy handshakes and even occasional hugs from some people. And now I look around and there's like people I don't know. I had to park across the street. I'm glad I'm speaking because I was able to get a seat. They reserved it for me. Some of you, uh, I know some of your middle school kids because we spent a few nights together this past summer. And even since July, there's more of those little rascals running around. So to feel connected, I just better stay in my small group on Saturday morning and serve and minister some. Let me tell you about another church that we're going to get to here in Ephesus, the church at Ephesus. It started a little bit after 49, not 1949, but 49, and it was a bit more cosmopolitan than Flintstone with Priscilla and Aquila and Paul starting at Acts 18, Acts 19, you can read about this. Paul spent over two years there teaching and he fought back the darkness of the magic arts and sorcery and brought the light of the gospel and the church grew and some false teaching came in. Timothy had to set things straight. But eventually, uh, you come to the end of the uh, book of Revelation, and it says that that church lost their first love. Paul wrote to that church from prison. Paul called those people, if you look at chapter 1, uh, Paul, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, pray grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes to the saints at Ephesus. So as we give ourselves to proclaiming Christ to the generations, to the saints gathered together, even to the communion of saints we're going to look at, if you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and I recognize that's a long introduction. It's a beautiful fall day. We can hang out for a while. Let me pray. Uh, Lord of heaven and earth, this is your word. We're thankful for the care that's been given throughout the centuries to preserve it. And we get to read it. We get to hear from you through it. And we're so blessed the uh, reading of your word and some explanation of it, some preaching. For the sake of your praise and honor and glory. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. I know it's in the beginning of a sentence, but as your Bibles, you know, mine is like divided up between 
21 and 22, like there's a separation, but I think 21 goes with 22. And uh, my headline says, wives and husbands, and I think it could say, it would be better to say Christ and his church. But here's God's word. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, By the way, as I read, I shouldn't have interrupted reading God's word, but I did uh, think about the church. Uh, No elbows into the ribs of others when we read certain sections, if you know what I mean. Uh, And this is Christ and the church. Let me start over. I'm sorry. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we're the church, all of us, together. Chapter 5 says that we are imitators of God. Beloved children. Walking in love. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So we come to this verse 21 and we get to say, well, so let's talk about submission. And everybody kind of says, ouch. I kind of see this as uh, the world out there is kind of like the MS Queen Elizabeth, you know, big ocean liner. and I'm in my little rowboat with my Bible proclaiming to the world things that are true. This word submission is great for our society, isn't it? It means that I will willingly place myself with someone else, under somebody else. I choose to stand under you. Husbands and wives, parents and children, employers, employee, brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a mutual submission that we have one with another. It is about humility plus. It's not just humility, but it's a matter of our coming together as the body of Christ and being one. If you flip your page, at least in mind, you can come to Philippians chapter 2. If you have time sometime, uh, read Philippians 2 about the, 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 the encouragement, the comfort, the peace, the participation, participation in the Holy Spirit and sympathy that we find one with another in the body of Christ so that we would not look to our own interest but to the interest of others. Let this, in, let also, the, uh, as you give yourself to the interests of others, have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So, The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 gives this marvelous depiction, sort of what we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, about the way that Christ has come and gave himself up for us. That he, being God, 
didn't hold on to that, but he became a man. He became a servant. He became obedient to death. Even death on the cross was bought the price. So have this mind in you. Have this mindset. This is the way that we would live our lives, to give our lives one to another. Not that there are hierarchies, but that we would be one with another and giving ourselves mutually, submitting ourselves to come one to another. Here's the, here's the person of Christ. He goes and he washes the disciples, of, the feet of the disciples. He puts a towel over his arm. He has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If we have this Savior, then I, in, in following him, being imitators of God, I would give myself to service to others. A mutual submission, no matter what the world says, unto the lies of other people, that it's not all about me. Bill Edgar is a professor, and he, he's written a, a little booklet, and he, he says, here's this long journey, this, this journey towards self that our, uh, that our society has taken on, that we take on this autonomous view that the world goes around, revolves around me. It's nothing new. We have a little more emphasis on feelings and don't hurt people's feelings and follow your feelings. Forget about objective truth, absolute truth. Remember, I'm in my, my, little, my little dinghy, my little rowboat, looking up at the world saying, but, but here's, the, here, here's the truth of Scripture. Will I give myself to myself or will I give myself to Christ and his saints? Submitting one to another, a mutual submission, if you will. Yeah, but... But I don't like that. I'd rather be served than serve somebody else. I don't like it. It's just not natural. Maybe I just can't do it. Yeah, me either. That's why it says that we would submit ourselves unto one another out of reverence for Christ. So that as I see my life, I don't see it through my own eyes, but I see it under the, the, the rule and the reign of this Lord Jesus Christ and out of reverence for him. Some say fear of him, if that's in the right way, that I would give myself to him and to his people, to you, and that we would do it one to another, submitting to one another. that I can give myself to others, that I can sacrifice my preferences, that I don't have to have it my way. I can look to the interests of others, and then we're on to something. These are the saints. These are the loved ones by Christ. I have this unfortunate dilemma that I can't see the clock, so just hold on to your seats. I'm sorry. So, so I took a check. I took I took a page out of uh, what we call uh, our standards, the Westminster Confession of Faith, and I looked at the chapter called Communion of Saints. Look around you. The person sitting next to you, saintly. Person behind you, saint. Person in front of you, saint. We commune together. Saints. So I thought I, I want to read this chapter to you. A paragraph, sorry. It's not a, 
communion of saints, Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 26. All saints that are united to Jesus Christ, their head, by his spirit and by faith, have fellowship with him in his grace, sufferings, death, resurrection, and glory, and being united to one another in love, they have communion in each other's gifts and graces and are obliged to, per to the performance of such duties, public and private, as do conduce to their mutual good, both in the inward man and the outward man. I understand that's not the Bible, but it's a good, uh, good summation. We would give ourselves in mutual submission because we have this mutual, or I'll just call it mutual salvation. By the way, uh, I've got four points or five points to get through, and they all have this mutual, and then it starts with an S. I have never done that in my entire life. I have always been jealous of preachers who could come up with four points and have the same, same letter to start it with. I got it this time. Mutual salvation. This is salvation, that Christ is the head of the church, his body, and of himself who is the Savior. And 525, in verse 25, as, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, how, is the, how, we are, how are the communion of saints joined together? It's because of a Savior. What did the Savior do? He gave himself, uh, he died on a cross. He willingly gave himself up. You, what are you like? You can turn the page again. Ephesians chapter 2. What are we like? We are dead in our trespasses and sins. The beginning of the new life in Christ is to understand that we begin being dead in our trespasses and sin. Along the way, some, some, along the line, you could put yourself there. I don't, I don't know if you're there. I, 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 middle school students, maybe you can help me, or maybe this would just be a reminder. We talked about uh, this past summer about different categories of people and where they are in relationship to God. And the first category that we talked about was there's, there's a, a place of being a spiritual spectator, of people who can, who can think about the world that they live in, and they see the church, but they're just they're, they're spectators. They, they hold it off, maybe even push it off in rebellion against God. But then comes along the, the, this God who works in our lives. He begins opening up eyes and ears to, to, to his word and to the gospel. And they go from this, this, this place of being a spectator to really engaging, or we call it seeking God. And, and then the God, by his grace, opens up eyes and ears totally. And this person comes to believe in Jesus Christ and give himself or herself to Christ to be able to live their lives out for him. Then we talked about another step called kingdom builders. That's just what we called it. You can call it what you want. You can be fully devoted to, to Christ. And I'm not saying that there are, we ought to have that difference. But some people are fully in and some people are not. But kingdom builders are those who are so thankful and grateful for what Christ has done in their lives that they would just give their lives away in service and love to the head of the church, Jesus Christ, and to his cause. Those who are dead are now alive because of what Christ has done. And it's almost as though they can't do enough in thankfulness and gratitude for what God has done. So sort of a Psalm 113, uh, 116, of, uh, what can I render unto the Lord for all of his goodness to me? 
well, I'm going to lift up the cup of salvation. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord, and I will f- fulfill my vows before him. So I uh, understand this is what Christ has done for us. You could, <laughs> he has died in your place. Yes? Sin deserves death. God is holy. You by yourself are not. God has drawn you graciously to himself. You sit in a room like this as the church of Jesus Christ because of what he has done in your life. What do we do about that? Mutual service. We're submitting to one another. We have this salvation that we share. And there is a mutual service one to another. The communion of saints section called it by gifts and graces. There is a communion by spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8, you can read about the ascended Christ who gave forth gifts into the church for the body, for the strengthening of the body. So that every believer, this is where we, we attach a term called the priesthood of all believers, that all believers are active in service rendered unto the church of Jesus Christ. They look at the needs around them and they, 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 they enter in to give of themselves unto it. To, to come alongside of others with, with the way that they, they have been made by God himself, by the personality that they have been given, by the passion that they have been given, by, by the gifting of the Holy Spirit that they have in order to serve Christ and to serve the body one to another because we're united together. I would give myself to the cause of Christ in his local church. This is the place that I'm at. This is where God has called me by his providence and by his care. So I would give myself to it. So how do do you do that? Or maybe, where are you? How do I serve? Where do I serve? What would I give my life to? I got an email from the church a couple weeks ago about those who wanted to serve in the nursery. I don't have the spiritual gift of changing diapers. Uh, Maybe I don't like kids. Well, maybe that's not the place for me. But there is a place for me. With uh, growth comes some pain. And sometimes we can feel disjointed or disconnected or just not the same. Or I don't feel as valued as I did once upon a time. But you are. We may have to give ourselves a little bit more. We may have to seek out other people. Might have to introduce ourselves to somebody new. Every calling is important. When I saw the band up here, can I say band? Is that right? Can you say that in church? I don't know. And it reminded me of eighth grade. Uh, 
eighth grade, and uh, I was in the band in eighth grade, and I was in the percussion section. And we had this grand music going on, and my job was I had this little metal triangle, and I had a little metal stick, and I had to hit the triangle, and the, the, the director would look at me when it was my turn. So in this five-minute piece, three times, three different times, I was able to go. But he told me, he reassured me, I was the most important person in the whole piece. It doesn't matter where we play our role, or it doesn't matter how. Uh, but God has made you uniquely unique. And he has called you to serve in the local church for his honor and glory and for the benefit of other people. Without you, there is a piece missing. That's on the spirit, That's on the gift side, but there's also a graces side. The communion of spiritual graces, if you will. What's that? Well, well here's some examples that you know about. You, you're not ignorant of these. That we would come in these graces and we would love one another and serve one another. We would put a towel over our arms. How may I serve you today? We would bear with one another's burdens, Galatians 6, 2. We would forgive one another, confess our sins to one another. Anybody want to start that this morning? Come on up. That we would instruct one another, teach and admonish and, and, and rebuke and encourage. Can we do that by ourselves? No, we can't do that by ourselves. We need one another. Here's another li little ways in which we grow together in these graces, if you will, as we give ourselves one to another one to another in Christ, that we would learn and grow together, that we would learn from each other, that we would develop gifts like music and teaching and diaper changing and be part of a family, especially when, you, when your own biological family isn't real close. You have someone to call on in need. You pray for others' needs. You, you, you get to know and be known. You get to love and be loved. You get to serve and be served. You get to celebrate and be celebrated. You're, you're part of, part of a, a smaller group to, to develop further bonds, encourage youth to grow and pray for them, to, to learn to have better. You see, it's in the teaching of Scripture and in, in, in the worship of God and the fellowship, the communion of these saints that we learn to have better marriages, learn how to handle conflict and money and parenting, parenting issues. Wow. My kids would have been fine if they didn't have to grow up with those elder kids. That was the problem. No, we, but we learn parenting skills together by, by observing others and what they do well and incorporate it into our lives. We encourage one another. We have this relationship with Christ, one with another. This is the body of Christ. And we get to do these things together. What do you do when you go through a hard time? You live in Flintstone. You don't have hard times. I know. What do you do? How do we manage? Well, I need other people around me. When someone is, is in distress, can, can I go to them and offer them some counsel, some, some words? Do you, do you trust in the fortress, the, the, the rock in Jesus? Some, something like Psalm 46. The Lord is our refuge and, 
help in, a, in, in time of trouble. He is my fortress. And then we are able to talk with one another and, and, and encourage one another along in that way. Okay. Uh, you didn't get the point. You're one another. You are the body of Christ to serve together, love together, be together, to grow together. There's this sanctifying, sanctification that's mutual of just, uh, I'm in a new place at a new time, and by God's providence, I am here, but I have no idea what time it is. Is that 1121? And does that mean that I should like be saying, and my final point, or, uh, okay, uh, two final points. We are to grow, you and I are to grow, to be like Christ. I can't do that on my own. One day, Ephesians 5, he's going to present his church to himself in splendor. Without spot. Don't you get so sick of sin sometimes? Without spot, he's going to present you. Without wrinkle. That has nothing to do with your facial features, by the way. But it does mean that it'll be pure, righteous, blameless. That's you and that's me. And that's our goal. And any time that we think that we can, we can, we can just wander on along and be that we, the person that we want to be, that's just wrong thinking. We are built together, brought together so that we might commune together in order to show, to be the splendor of Christ in all holiness and purity. That is our goal. Okay, I got, I got, I got one more. One, one, one more that I just want, I just want to do. Um, if you read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, there's a prayer there that you can reference that for. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, yes? Uh, but do you love your pastor? And I am uh, convinced more and more uh, that we need to pray for our pastor. Especially your pastor. No, just kidding. Sorry, pastor. So, so here's my little list that I include. You can make your list. But maybe we could lift up our pastors and their families. Maybe, maybe, maybe daily. So here's my little list of seven. I pray for their protection in spiritual warfare. I pray about them and their families in relationship to their pastor and his Teresa here and to his children. I ask the Lord to protect them from, I call them naysayers, critics. Pray for his preaching ministry and word and sacrament and prayer. Pray for the rest of your pastors. Rest for them. Pray for leadership clarity. I pray for his encouragement along the way. <laughs> He's downstairs. Maybe you could pretend you're listening and send him a text to how much you love him downstairs. 
you're the church of Jesus Christ. In the world in which we live, you are the only ones who bring hope and life. The only ones. You can look around. You can gather afterwards. Look in each other's eyes. You know, we're, we're, we're the church. We'll be used by God to proclaim him from generation to generation. And we will stand on God's word, salvation only through Christ, our communion as people, and all that he has done for us in gratefulness and thankfulness. God. going to sing the song uh, Merciful Savior and then we're going to share together in the communion table maybe just in your, your singing you would you would once in a fresh way see Christ as Savior and yourself as servant to bring him honor and glory let me pray uh, Lord, this is your church. Protect her. Build her up. Help the people as they minister one to another. Serve one another. May we all know this love of Christ, which he has given to us, and we're able to share in together. Holy Spirit, speak to us in, in ways of our participatory nature. And uh, that the world may know about your love. We pray in Jesus' name.